Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm a nutrition and exercise physiology professor, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hello, Rob Fortress-Fortney, former competitive bodybuilder, journalist, former editor at Muscle Mag International, and competitive powerlifter. Hey, this is Phil Stevens. I'm a competitive powerlifter and Highland Games athlete and founder of LiftForHope.org and StrengthGuild.com. Do you guys ever think that maybe our listeners are getting tired of hearing us tell them who we are? Well... Well, I do realize that we're doing it for the. I, I do realize we're doing it for the benefit of those who are new listeners, but I'm just. It's true. I, I actually, when we first started, uh, I sort of borrowed that idea from a completely different genre podcast. And the guys, they say who they are, you know, in the beginning. And I think longtime listeners will forgive us, you know. And new guys, at least they know who they're listening to, you know. And if you look at the comments on iTunes. One of these days we'll read some of the iTunes comments. We've got like uh, 65 of them now, I think. Uh, you know, and they're like, hey, we appreciate it. We, we feel like we can learn from you guys a little. At least they know that we're not, you know, 20-year-old noobs because how many times have we talked about that, right? I mean, the Internet is full of 20-year-old quote-unquote experts. So it, you're oh, yeah, right. You know what? I'm just going to kind of inject something here before I – because you just sparked something about – I don't know. Something you said there just sparked something that you were mentioning last week about, about – be, there being too many um, certification courses. I, I heard that Dave Palumbo now is having a certification course. Uh, I like and Dave. I, you know, yeah, we don't no, I like I like Dave too. I'm not going to say anything else because, like I say, I, I have nothing personal against the guy. I know lots of people do, and lots of people toss a lot of rumors about things that me he may or may not have done in the past. And like I said, I can't comment on any of those things because I can only comment on how I know him to be. And he's always been cool with us. So um, I, I just read that, though, I, I, and I don't know how. I don't know if that's legit or not. I just well, wonder. to be honest with you, Rob, you know, I think most of those, and again, I like Dave, uh, I like Dave too, but those are financially driven. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's you know, yeah. we, we've all known people who wanted to start their own certifications, and uh, and a lot of times they even involve nutrition. And you, I'm not even going to start going off on that. But the point being is. Yeah, there's there's too many, and most of it's financially driven. We covered sort of the most widespread, widely recognized ones, I think, last time. So you know what? If that's actually legit, and I'm trying to find out, I'm going to try and get Dave on the show. Um, It'd be fun to discuss it. He's a smart guy, you know. No, he's a smart guy. So, like, yeah, um, I'll try and get him on the. You know what? Screw it. I'll try and get him on the show anyway, because I'm sure even if it, that's not true, he would have some. Uh, Interesting, funny, and or informative things to say. So, and he usually shoots pretty much from the hip. So, yeah, um, I'll yeah. see if I can, I'll see if I can get him on the show. But anyway, you have some news for us, Lonnie, right? Strength and Muscle Sport News. Well, I just wanted to uh, share a study. I was mentioning this last time or the time before, and I just wanted to share this quickly. We are talking about uh, overeating. And uh, I don't know how much of this we did after the show, because I think listeners know we sometimes we'll start talking before or after we hit the record button. Um, but we are talking about overeating. And uh, this is very interesting because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm responding to a reviewer of a, of a scientific paper right now. And the reviewer just strikes me as somebody who doesn't have a ton of pure nutrition background. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he or she does. But they were really kind of suggesting that whey protein is just the end-all, be-all. And it almost came across, almost, like they were saying, you know, that's the protein source you should always be consuming if you want to get muscle mass. And calories, you know, I, I put a famous quote in the article from a very famous researcher, Gail Butterfield, and the reviewer didn't care for that so much. And this is how science works, right? You kind of go back and forth. It's a little tedious, but let me share something with readers because we're often talking about eating your way up to being a bigger man. And... This is a paper from some very prestigious researchers. This is uh, not new. It's 1990, American Journal of Physiology, which is a top-tier journal. Roberts et al. But I almost hate to say et al. 
because the et al. is a who's who list of other famous uh, exercise physiologists and nutritionists like Bill Evans, uh, Fiat Aroni, Rasmussen, people who are familiar with muscle protein synthesis literature and things like that would know these names. Here's the idea, though. Overeating, let me give you the title first. Energy expenditure and subsequent nutrient intakes in overfed young men. So again, we're always talking about big eating and crashing through barriers and you know, it's protein and calories. Everybody knows that's how you gain weight. But just a couple of quotes from this. They actually uh, induced overeating by 1,000 calories a day for 21 days. Okay, so that's substantial, I think. Uh, that's not, you know, what you see in certain forums, like people trying to add 199 extra calories and do the math so perfectly because we all know that, metabolism is dynamic, life comes and goes, that tiny magnitude of change is not going to add up the way you want. So 1,000 calories a day, 1,011 for 21 days, measured in seven subjects, and you might say, oh, well, just seven, but this is expensive and sometimes invasive and time-consuming research. So, on average, 85 to 90% of the excess energy intake was deposited with 87% of this amount in fat and 13% in protein. There was no detectable difference between individuals in susceptibility to energy deposition. In other words, whether it's me or Phil or Rob or John or Joe or whoever, you're going to deposit uh, about 87% in fat, 13% in protein. But what I think is very interesting, though, is, you know, this is not in heavy weightlifters. This is just in healthy, overfed young men. So the act of over eating, when we say a calorie is anabolic, here it is, right? These, this is a very anabolic kind of stimulus, and you're getting 13% protein deposition. Now, that's not necessarily just muscle mass, but let's face it, if you're physically active at all, that, that's probably a worst case number. Um, they also go on to say the resting metabolic rate uh, increased during overfeeding by about 150 calories a day. And we, both, we all know that's probably true uh, for ourselves and people with lots of muscle mass, who knows, that may be even a bigger jump, but obviously your metabolism speeds up as you try to overeat. Phil's mentioned that before. You know, his metabolism caught up with him recently as he, you know, continued to overfeed, but his metabolism would just keep speeding up. Um, it says at least some of this amount was obligatory expenditure associated with nutrient assimilation. The whole idea here that I'm just bringing up is this is the reference to Roberts et al., American Journal of Physiology, 1990, that overfeeding itself calories now. This isn't about protein building blocks. This is about the energy to knit together the new muscle mass. 87% uh, as fat, 13% as protein. So imagine what you could do as a high-tier strength athlete with that. Those numbers oh, yeah. are going to be much much better. And let's face it, why is that? Well, when you eat all that cal- all those calories, you trigger lots of insulin release, and that's a very anabolic hormone, you know, amongst other things. So I just wanted to give people a reference because we've talked about that a few times, and I don't want people to think we're pulling that out of our butts because there are so many podcasts out there, let's face it, who spew personal opinion like it's fact. But let's face it, if you're going to steer your training, you need some science, and there it is. So yeah. that's that's my study for the week. Okay, I want to read a uh, – um, we, we got an email, as we always do, quite a bit, actually, but I want to just uh, um, – make mention of this it was from our, our listener Jonathan and he was writing to thank me actually because during our at the end of our last episode um, I said Merry Christmas and he was just saying he appreciated that because of the you know you always hear in recent years the uh, you know political correctness people jumping out of the woodwork about you know it should be happy holidays and you don't want to offend anybody and all that type of thing and he was just saying that he was thankful that I actually said that and he was not entirely certain if I did that on purpose for um, you know, to kind of fight that or what. The, the, the truth is, no, I did not. I just said it Merry Christmas because I was raised with Christmas. And although I was raised Roman Catholic, I am now a non-believer, um, <laughs> an atheist, I suppose you would call it. Um, but even having said that, I don't believe that. I, I don't see really how anybody would be offended by that. And, and uh, in my response to Jonathan, I said something to the effect of that, you know, if you are religious in, in that way, um, you know, Christmas can mean that to you, and if you're not religious in any way, you can really make Christmas a celebration um, contextually whatever it is that you, you want it to be. And I, th- I said, for me, the only real parameter of, of that would be that, you know, um, people make sure that it's, you know, a positive, merry kind of, um, you know, um, 
celebration that we have every year. So, so no, I did not mean it um, in any way beyond just the uh, goodwill of Merry Christmas, whether or not you're a believer or not. It's a nice holiday, and like I say, um, you know, I think all people can agree that this world, especially now, <laughs> needs more, uh, you know, unified holidays of you know people kind of getting over all the little petty little differences or. You know, um, you know, beliefs, non-beliefs, and kind of just you know, uh, united in, in, a, in a celebration of just the overall good. So yeah, so it, uh, yeah, you know, it's you true, know. Rob. I, you know, when I hear someone say joyous Kwanzaa, well, I don't celebrate that myself, but I'm not offended by that or yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Great, exactly. fantastic. You know, well, exactly. you don't have to be offended just yeah. because you don't celebrate it yourself. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. none of these holidays are are anything less than intended to be, uh, you know, positive in some in some capacity. So, yeah, I don't really see how anybody could be. Well, I mean, offended and nowadays, if we were to if if we were to try it and and to take the time to say every holiday that, that exists at this time of year, it, it'd be a show in and of itself. It's like you know, take it for what it is. It's it, it's right. telling you're, you're you're telling everybody have have a a, a good holiday season. Pretty right. Much. It's but, a message of goodwill. Yes, That's absolutely. It. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, everybody out there, if I if you're if you're not of a religious bent, um, you know, just uh, celebrate all the holidays with a positive spin in your own way, and uh, you know, rejoice in the fact that there's you know pockets of people here who have their little specific celebrations that you know again are are, are cause for celebration, even if, if if it's not specific to what your beliefs are. So there you hey, go. Hey guys, and- uh, you know what? Following that thematically. Uh, I bought my son his first set of dumbbells for Christmas. Ooh, nice. uh, he doesn't have a lot of room, but sometimes I notice, like, you know, <laughs> he's his father's son. He'll, he'll be playing, like, uh, you know, some kind of Xbox Live stuff, and he'll set it down, and I look in here, and he's standing here doing curls in between games. <laughs> you know, that's that, so, that must be, a, I'm not a father, but that must be a very proud moment. Yeah. Well, and I'm definitely not the kind of dad who, in fact, I've never actually uh, asked my son to go to any of the bodybuilding shows I've done. I mean, I've taken him to the gym and lifted sometimes, but I usually let him go because I, he knows what he's doing for the most part. He's 16, you know. And uh, But I'm not one of those dads that pushes my sport on him because he might like something else, you know. And so, uh, but I just make it available. And I think he's going to gravitate toward it because he, he has a good sort of uh physique he's not heavily muscled he's 16 but you know he has a good build and he, he's you know there's there's the dumbbells kind of calling to him in the corner so it you know anyway a little bit of christmas loot thematic christmas loot there there you go well, while we're on the topic of joyous and religious uh, occasions we're i'm going to talk about the contest we have going on um <laughs> we're going to extend it one more week um we got some good entries but we just want to get a few more in and we realize that it's kind of um with this contest, it, it takes some some photo editing and this and that, so it's a little time consuming. So we're gonna jump this thing through the new year, and uh, we will announce our winner next week. Yeah, and it's gonna be worth it though, worth it. Yeah, I mean oh, the, exactly. pri- the prize is the biggest we've ever given. Yeah. So yeah. And Phil, just quickly tell uh, listeners who not, might not be uh, familiar with it what exactly is the contest. Game. Well, you can go on the Facebook page but and look at it. Um, it's kind of explained there. But basically, it's a Top Phil's Holiday Card uh, contest. Um, so to make a holiday card of your own uh, and um, just something that, that, that you think is awesome, I guess. And uh, you can see my example that, that is on there. And we're <laughs> going to pick the uh, – we will pick the winner and um, that can top my card. And they will receive a 1,500-pound rated power bar from Power Max. Yeah, that's awesome. So. And, and nudity seems to be the the, uh, the kind of the, the the theme here. Unfortunately, it, yeah, we haven't got any submissions yet from any of our female listeners. So I know, I know, it's a uh, it's it's very uh, masculine so far. But um, nothing wrong with that. We, we've got some good entries in. Um, if we had to choose one today, I, I think we could. But we'd like to see some more. So and then we'll we'll send that bar out, and it'll come to you promptly from PowerMax. <clears throat> Fire that bar like a like out of a can or anything. It'll actually you come to you in some sort of. You're not going to find it like sticking out of the roof of your house one morning. No, no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it won't drop from a sleigh or anything. It'll actually be delivered by a, uh, a delivery man. But um, <laughs> yeah, so. awesome. So yeah, so uh, y- anybody who's still interested in that, get those entries um, 
in because, like I said, Phil, as Phil said, he's going to announce the winner on our next show. So you got one more week, you know, and that's that's a brand new bar. So get them in. Okay, so uh, my next bit of, I guess you could call it news. Uh, it's actually from October. I I just stumbled across something on the internet, and I think it's going to segue into our topic. Which uh, it was actually a, an article written for Runners. It's called Rise and Run, and it's by a guy who's run um, apparently seven marathons. And there are th- the reason I'm prefacing it this way is because there are some things that's runners talking here that. I, I don't really agree with, uh, but there's some other good advice about what would happen if you actually wanted to start training early in the morning, and that's going to be our topic of, of the day, which is, you know, training in the morning, midday, or later in the day, and some of the pros and cons and things like that. So just to sort of set the stage, uh, this article uh, about becoming an early morning trainer, uh, it says, how to overcome some of the roadblocks, making the switch. If you don't consider yourself a morning person, the good news is you can turn yourself into one, says James Mojica, MD, a sleep physician at Massachusetts General Hospital and medical director of the sleep center at Spalding Rehab Hospital in Boston. The body is malleable, he says, uh, who exercises early in the morning four times a week. Uh, he suggests, and the article suggests, weighing the pros and cons. If you're on the fence about training early, uh, says... John Raglan, Ph.D., a sports psychologist, he suggests making a checklist of pluses and minuses. Now, this is where I start to see some things that I don't agree with quite as much. Like, for example, uh, on the plus side, he says, you get your workout out of the way. Oh, well, I'm not sure I want to get my workout out of the way. That's, right. that's something I like for me during the day. But I, uh, and on a scheduled kind of thing, I can understand. Um, on the plus side, uh, plus side, uh, what else? Uh, it's a great start to the morning. I would go with that. You know, you're probably caffeinated to get a running start of the day. Uh, yeah. You will have extra time during the day, and I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, on the minus side, you might have to go to bed earlier, etc., uh, etc. Et Some of this doesn't apply to us because it's about like exercising outdoors in the dark, which thankfully we don't we don't have to do as as lifters. Um, another thing is it says get your family on board. And it's a little story here I won't bore you with, but basically this is a this is a good point. If you don't have family support, social support, this kind of thing is going to be tougher for you. You know, you, like you might have to get up uh, earlier. You might have to ask, maybe you have to ask your wife or something to, you know, get up earlier so she could get through the shower uh, uh, before you do or something like that. There's always rearrangements or, you know, like, Rob, you're always talking about kids running around punching you in the crotch. Maybe, you know, there's got to be some kind of... Uh, modifications made, you know, to take care of the, the kids and whatnot. It says enlist help, um, wear the right gear uh, because of the safety issue. And this makes me think of, uh, I've heard a couple of uh, strength coaches, and I don't have the reference for this, but they've discussed how apparently um, your spine isn't properly hydrated, like the intervertebral discs. Apparently you have to be vertical and sort of bobbing up and down a little bit to sort of get some of the fluid uh, flowing and Early in the morning, you're at greater risk, uh, particularly the spine, but I'm guessing other joints, too. And I would think this might be compounded if you're middle-aged, too. So we could talk about how you might deal with that, being a little stiffer in the morning. Uh, you know, let's face it, putting 600 pounds on your back for guys like you two uh, that early, you, you would have to consider safety, I think. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, and I know we can talk about this a little bit more as we get into the topic of the day, but I'm, I'm sure Phil will concur. I don't think pretty much any athlete who's putting 600 pounds on their back um, is going to be in the gym within 45 minutes of waking up. You know, I, I think uh, an athlete that's at that true. level is probably going to be at least taking at least minimally, I would think, an hour and a half, two hours before they're in the gym. No, in fact, that's one of the points in here, I think, is... Um, uh, get up well in advance. You know what I mean. Get, get your act yeah. again. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about more that that more though, because yeah, that's definitely right. A good point. Couple of other good points here. Uh, create a mantra. Have an early morning power phrase. Like it says, he says, if I run now, I can feel good about it all day. Well, I suppose you could say that with lifting too. But yeah. this is one of the this is one of the things that I disagree with. He says, if I skip now, I'll feel guilty all day. Well, again, that's sort of that have to work out, should work out, you know, and that's kind of something I agree with Phil very much is, you know, this, this should be something you want to do. I don't think guilt should really drive it in any way. Well, yeah, uh, I, think, but any- I, 
I think the whole premise of Iron Radio is to is to, to our, our for our is for our listenership to kind of feed off the whole idea of you know like this you know we're not about doing this as an exercise routine that you have to do this is something that you know we're all about passion so and I really highly doubt right. we have any listeners that are you know um, you know not about that because this is really not a podcast for people who are exercisers necessarily. No, that's true. you know this yeah, is about not, people who are, yeah, right, this, yeah this is about people who are excited to go train. I mean, you can't be excited every time, but I mean, well, you know, it's I, a higher I, purpose. You know, it's a calling, and so your training is in pursuit of something bigger than you are. You know, some higher cause. And I, I don't know where you know the should and guilt come into that kind of thing so much. So yeah, because I think I think for anybody who you know looks upon training in any capacity as being a chore. Those people are just not going to last anyway. So, no. so who cares but I think it's isn't it funny though that this guy is saying some of the phrases that Phil has called out runners for specifically in the past. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll feel guilty if I don't get this out of the way. I should put in my ten miles. You know, that kind of stuff. And you just don't hear that kind of talk out of lifters as much. Yeah. Um, here's a couple other. Um, give yourself three weeks to become accustomed to your new bedtime and wake times. Your body will naturally make the adjustment, says Doctor Mojica. So that's good. A, a time frame. Yeah. Right, three yeah. weeks. Uh, don't just think you're going to jump right into this. And if if by Friday of your first week you're like, this sucks, I just can't do it. Give it some time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure, couple sure. other points. Uh, these are good things just to set up. Have a hearty dinner early, and that's a good point. Um, now they talk about tofu and stir fry kinds of stuff. I don't know if I would go that far, but again, maybe that's the difference between like a vegan runner and a carnivorous power lifter. Yeah. Uh, not to say powerlifters can't be vegans, but you know my point. Uh, get your gear ready and have it uh, by the door beforehand. Another good point. You know, I, like I have a little, uh, one of those little tri-corner bags. You know, I, I don't have a big gym bag anymore, but my knee wraps, my belt, all of it's just by the door because you don't want to think about that in the morning. Uh, let's say, uh, let's see, dim the lights at night. Uh, don't sit in front of a TV or a computer because the, the light apparently tricks your brain into thinking it's still daytime. So yeah, I could yeah. I could see that, yeah. You know, I've heard uh, that many times, yeah, like because they are light sources. People don't realize that, but computer screens, TVs, they're, they're light sources. And, yeah, I've read numerous um, things on that type of thing, so, and I believe it too. So And on, on the flip side, they say... Uh, turn on bright lights. It doesn't have to be UV light. Any bright light, I guess you could get those daytime bulbs, you know, if you wanted to, but 20 minutes apparently is about what it takes. I heard on Science Friday podcast a couple of weeks ago. 20 minutes in the morning, uh, so as soon as you can, you know, get up. Like what I do is I'll get up, I'll, I'll, I'll bite the caffeine tablet in half. Uh, and that just helps me get vertical, you know. Turn on some lights. Uh, again, you gotta do it away from your spouse, your kids, but, and, you know, you know get, you yeah, you get don't some have to light in your eyes. Yeah, don't like shine uh, light flashlights in your your eyes, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, here it says uh, set set two alarms if necessary. And actually, it's funny. <laughs> I do that. My uh, like my cell phone has an alarm, and then I got my regular alarm in the bedroom that'll force me to get out of bed. And I also make sure the alarm is in another room or like across the room, so I've got to get up to go turn it off. You know, otherwise you just Ooh, roll that's, over. Hey, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know what? I think it's thinkgeek.com. They have an alarm clock. I kid you not. When it goes off, it's got a little um, spinny helicopter thing on it, and it flies into a random corner of the room, and you have to hunt for it. Oh, wow. Holy that's, crap. That's a, that's a bit much, but it, it, it proves the point, right? It gets you Now, away. if you really want to impress me with that, the helicopter would shoot lasers at you. Sting you, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like one of those little balls on Star Wars, a little floating ball that zap just zaps you. You guys, your big three hundred pound asses, it's zapping you like in Star oh. Wars. <laughs> you, you, you like that? You want to keep laying there? <laughs> Have some more. Uh, anyway, it says don't expect magic overnight. Like I said, turn on lots of lights. Have a small snack in the morning. I know I agree with Phil. You know what you eat before a workout is every bit as important as what you eat after, and that's another way to. I've actually heard that setting your diurnal clock, your, it begins with by bathing cells in insulin. So if you get up and you have a, a, a little something to eat, that's another thing that tells your body it's time to wake up. You know, four thirty, five a.m., whatever. It's time to wake up. So between the lights coming through your eyes, to your pineal gland, and insulin, you know, uh, soaking your body. Uh, good things. 
make time for coffee, create a ritual. Well, we've talked about that before. Sure. Uh, and then eventually your system will wake you up. So I think th- those are some good tips. Uh, again, bastardized a little bit from what runners may do, but I thought it would set the, uh, the tone for our discussion of morning, midday, and evening lifts. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, that definitely sets up our topic, and we'll come back after the break with more. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes... We are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Well, let's start the whole thing by just going through. Phil, when do you have a preference? Yeah, midday. Um, okay. If I if I had, if I was able to choose, um, towards the morning, but midday, like a little before noon, ten, eleven o'clock, I guess, um, that would be my perfect time if I could do it all. Okay, so like late morning is what you're saying. Yeah, late morning. Okay. okay. Um, of recent, I've changed back to three days of the week. I'm lifting at five thirty a.m. with my five thirty a.m. class, and okay. the first <laughs> week or two it was tough, um, but you get back into it. It takes a little more warm up. Um, and my heavy, heavy day is Saturday, and I still do that. It, we start uh, about noon. Okay, so if you're if you're lifting that early now, Phil, mm-hmm. how um, on average how soon or, or how much beforehand will you get up? I'm so, up an hour before. About an hour before, and you, yeah. you you find that pretty good? Yeah, that's fine. And I get going now that it's winter here. It kind of helps. I get up. I have coffee. I go get. The heater going for the gym. I get things like that, so I'm moving around, okay, getting things rolling, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. But it, then it still takes more warm up to get me going than it would later in the day. Yeah. Um, I'm horrible at training at night. Like last night, I put it was a busy day. I put off my training till seven, and I'm just done by that time. It's by that time I'm ready to rest. Sure. Um, it's I'm just not good at it. Um, Lonnie, I mean I can do it, but. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Lonnie? I'm exactly the same. I'm almost identical, Phil. I, if I had to pick a perfect time of day to lift, it would be lunchtime. Uh, I don't know if I'd say late morning, but maybe like 1 p.m. or something. In fact, in the spring, I might be training early on some days, but at least some days of the week because of my teaching schedule, I'll probably try to train like after I teach, and that'll be like 2, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, yeah. And I think... I just think I'm much stronger then. If I get up in the morning, even if I do my... Like I last spring, this past spring when I was getting ready for that uh, series of contests, it's one thing to get up and walk on a treadmill like a zombie. You know, uh, I could take my caffeine or have my coffee ritual, turn on some lights, do all that stuff, and it basically just drag drag myself to the gym. I would only need about, I'd say, 45 to 60 minutes before I was in the car, you know. Uh, but for heavy lifting, I suck in the morning, and I'm afraid that I'm going to under-train. I mean, let's face it, if I can only move two and a quarter in the bench press because it's so early... Uh, I'm going to lose muscle mass, so that's hard for me. But I, again, I, according to that article, you can train yourself to do it to get up earlier and train earlier. So, so I may give that a shot. We'll see. And I'm with you too in the evening. Uh, the problem with the evening is if you hammer caffeine, then mm-hmm. at least for me, I'm not going to get to sleep yep. after afterwards. Now it's yeah. true. The days that I work out caffeinated, I sort of exhaust myself and I do sleep better. Than had I, had I not worked out and had caffeine, 
if that makes any sense. Yeah. But still, the, the late day stuff, I, I, I'm kind of toast as well. So, uh, uh, I don't know. I, apparently, a lot of people like that, though. They feel very strong in the evening. So, what about you, Rob? Well, I, uh, I've off and on uh, done mornings the last 20-plus years, and I'm back to mornings, probably like mid-mornings right now for the last several weeks. Um, I would say that up until now, I've always favored either morning, you know, anywhere between, let's say, 8 and 11 o'clock, um, or early evening. Um, and a distant third would be any time in the afternoon. I'm kind of always 5 or 10% worse in the afternoon, particularly sometime between like 2 and 5. Um, but I would say in the last year or two that I've actually think the morning is now... Um, Taking over from you know equality from from the evening, I think uh, I would definitely say now, if if you know if, if I had my, my have my way, I, I'll always take some time in the morning. Uh, then of course in the evening and, and and again a distant remaining third would be the afternoon. Um, my whole thing is what you were saying, Lonnie, about uh, if you're heavy lifting, I I'm definitely the kind of person that needs time uh, to kind of get because I'm I'm a big kind of like. Um, Head lifter, if that makes sense, like as far as kind of getting my head right, um, I guess for lack of a better way of saying it. Like, yeah. for instance, this morning I was up at, um, I mean, not in a particularly early, although for me lately this is pretty early. I got up at like 6, um, and I, I don't think I was even leaving for the gym till about quarter to 10. Um, you know, and, but yeah. I'm also the kind of person that... Um, and Lonnie, you know this. I'm kind of the kind of person who, because I'm, I am kind of very OCD like this. I, I don't like to leave for the gym when everything at home is not done. So I, it sounds kind of goofy, but I always have to have my bed made. You know, I, I have a huge breakfast. I like to do all the dishes, get those done. You know what I mean? Shave all the kind of things I like to, you know, drink the, you know, slowly sip over an hour or two, of, you know, some black coffee and kind of ruminate over what I'm about to do. So I really do need time. So if I do want to train in the morning, I always have, always, have to minimally put myself about two hours before I even leave. So, I mean, that's the drawback for that. But um, I wanted to bring up a, a point only because you were saying about, you know, some people think they're weaker in the morning and stuff. I mean, I've always looked at it two ways. And, of course, this is – I'm not the science um, of this trio. I'm not the scientist. But I've always looked at the be- the benefits to evening or late afternoon versus morning being that the morning um, – Supposedly, males have you know their highest testosterone levels in the morning. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, I've I've looked at that as being you know one of the advantages to morning lifting is to take advantage of that you know more positive kind of hormonal profile uh, as it may be. And but the trade-off at for night training um, might be that you you have the benefit of getting a few meals in you before you even go. Um, you know, so you can kind of accumulate calories throughout the day, you know, um, versus one big breakfast. You can might have, you know, two, three or four big meals before you go to the gym. So, um, you know, those, there's those two things to consider as well. And I, I certainly don't notice any strength loss if I train in the morning as long as, as I say, I give myself, you know, whatever time that I deem necessary to, you know, fully wake, fully kind of get everything done, get my head right, you know, and get all that. Not Sorry. talking early then. That's not that's not early training then. That's just late morning or mid morning. Well, sure, but like I said, if I had my way, um, you know, I probably would go very early. You know, because I've 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 trained as early as like six six thirty in the morning in the past when I've been able to because I've been able to get as you say I've been able to do, you know do kind of the the Bill Pearl thing you know and getting up at like three thirty or four thirty in the morning. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, life is life, right? Everybody's situation is is unique to them and their situation with work and their family and kids and whatever else you got going on. So you kind of have to weigh, right? Like, what 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 would be the best time for you, and you know, and how can you maybe, you know, kind of you know fit that into your your own schedule and how it works for you. So, um, and and certainly, if you can kind of mesh those two things together. You know that the, the the convenience of of the time versus you know when you would prefer to go anyway that would be the best of both. Whereas I mean sometimes you just can't do that. And we all have had moments where you know we've had to um, you know we'd have to we'd have to slot slot in a session at time that you know isn't necessarily of our choosing, but certainly you know 
getting the, getting the session in is is better than just blowing it off because you don't like particularly working out at 10 p.m. at night. And I think we've all worked out at 10 p.m. at night, you know. Um, I think that's yeah. why Phil's idea, Phil's tip about creating sort of a sacred Saturday, is a good yeah. one. You know? Oh yeah. Because midday is not a problem because generally people don't work, you know, or pick an off day, whatever your off day is from work. I know work yeah. schedules are big here, but yeah, then you you pick your sacred Saturday or whatever, and you can really just uh, throw yourself into it, you know, it, yeah. any way you want. There's not some your, your boss isn't waiting, you know. Oh, I, I wouldn't. I don't have students waiting. There's nothing waiting, and you can certainly create that, like you said, buffer on either side of the workout of let's say an hour or so. Uh, and you could actually have that three or four hour stretch with impunity, you know. Yeah, I don't. So oh yeah, I, I, I you. always, always, for the last two decades, I think I've always purposefully scheduled at least one session a week, regardless of how many days a week at that particular time on training that I've always scheduled at least on a set one and on a Saturday or a Sunday for exactly that kind of reason. Phil yeah. is the whole idea that you know, I mean. And again, as Lonnie's saying, that that could be you know your days off could be Tuesday and Wednesday, or maybe you just have one day off. I mean, yeah. hopefully you have at least one day off. But, but I mean, you know, but whatever day that is, and that can kind of be your kind of like your, uh, yeah, you're, you're almost like a holiday. You know, if you love, if you love yeah. training the way we love training, and we certainly we Saturday is by far. I mean, for me and my wife, the biggest day of the week, and I, I it's actually a two a day for me. I get up say seven thirty, eight o'clock, get breakfast. 10 o'clock, I'm in the gym. I do my deadlift, my, my polling. And that takes me about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And then I'm out by 11.30. And then I've got an hour and a half to rest and eat. And then I go squat. <laughs> and then I'm in there squatting and doing stuff with all my Dude. systems work for two hours. <laughs> you do both You do both heavy? Or would you go like one light or one heavy and then no, the it's, next it's, week? No, it's or? my hard day for both. Um, but you know what? I think that's very cool how you do that too. And I think it's probably, I think you could probably say it's by design. I'm sure it is for you because I think you would agree that if you try to do that and then wait several hours between, you know, no, you might done. lose the feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very hard to kind of get that feeling back several hours later. But because yeah, you're, you're sort of in recovery mode by then. Yeah, because you know, of, exactly. But I mean, you, if you're only taking one or two hours between, you can you can kind of maintain that head, you know, that headspace. Yeah, know, and it's but, a lot like a meet, really. Right, um, right, right. You know, so. Um, but I think another one on the morning thing or or any time, if you're trying to adjust to a new time, I think a big thing is having other people. You know, if you have a group that's going to be fired up, if somebody's having an off day, everybody kind of pulls you up. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's everybody. We've talked about group training before and getting in the right gym, getting in the right atmosphere with people um, can be a huge thing. And if you've got, like, I'm lucky in that I've got a guy that I train that he's used to getting up and training at the time. I was doing it. I was coaching him for two months before I decided, hey, I'll just go ahead and train with you too. Um, So he's already up and rolling and used to it. So. Right. Um, well, I think if you look at the literature, there's a clear, and Internet's failing me badly here, but uh, there's a clear uh, distinction between people who they call morning larks, you know, and people who are not. Their hormones tend to be different. Yeah. They're just genetically geared toward getting up early and hitting yeah. it early. I know on our psych episode a couple of weeks ago, we had, uh, I had some quotes from a, a regional level competitor, and he was, he's all about the caffeine at 4.30 in the morning, and he yeah. loves to get up, and he's just fired up to train his balls off in the morning, and mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm not necessarily like that. Although I think I could probably train myself. I think this article is probably right. You probably could, like you said, especially humans being social creatures. If yeah. there's somebody else who's naturally up at that time, as long as they don't, don't annoy you, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. that could be good. Thing. Yeah, and, and, and you know, yeah. the thing is too is. Um... <sighs> Like, like the way I look at it, like even if I wake up really early and I'm not used to it because what, for whatever reason that's not what I've been doing normally, but I just chose to for that day or that week. And you're really tired. I mean, the, the way I think of it, you know, you look at the clock, alarm goes off, and you think, oh man, I'm tired. You know, how long does the longest session last? Right, a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got the whole day to be tired. You know, get it together for a couple hours in the morning. And then you can think about being tired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's like, you know, it's like it's almost like that, you know, like that line in in Predator, right, where Jesse Ventura's, you know, bleeding in this character, and then the guy says, "You're bleeding, man." He says, "I don't have time to bleed." 
we know that the same <laughs> rules can apply, you know, certainly for me. If I, if I do happen to get up, you know, I'm usually actually very excited if I'm training in the morning, you know, cause I love training so much, right? So I usually jump out of bed on training days. But if you do, for what, whatever reason, find yourself a little sluggish in the morning, just think, just think that to yourself. You know, I don't have time to be, I don't have time to be tired right now, right? I got two or three hours I have to get it together and then I can have the rest of the day to be tired, you know, because I Well, mean, that sort of fits what this article said about a morning mantra. You know, that could be yours, you know, that, hey, I don't have time for this. I don't have time exactly. to be tired right now. I, I mean, anybody should be able to get it together for a couple hours, you know what I mean? And like well, if you're, you know, if you're no, squatting I, six or 700 yeah. pounds or whatever, I mean, anything the rest of the day is probably not going to seem that much that hard if you know. I think, you, you know what, Rob? I think it's like anything. My wife and I always have this discussion. It always comes down to the same conclusion that biopsychosocial, you know, you're talking about the psychology part. Uh, I tend to focus on the hormones, like I was talking about your pineal gland and insulin. I tend to focus right. on bio, and Phil's talking about social, you know. So <laughs> right, right, right. Bio, psycho, social here. So you try to build these things uh, skillfully and maximize your chance of sticking to it, you know, some kind yeah, of success. Yeah. Well, no, but that's also good that you bring that up because it shows the point that different people have different areas that they could prioritize depending on kind of what um, – you know how they feel the best it best serves them to be thinking in that way like you like you say you're thinking in terms of you know biology and science and all this stuff and feels thinking about you know his partner that's ready to rock and all this kind of stuff right and you know fire up the heater in the in the gym and all that kind of stuff and you know and I'm right. kind of thinking about you know getting your head right with you know some some crazy death metal or something so but again th- these are all things again that that like you said Lonnie allude back to you know a few weeks ago when we were doing this like episode you know you find what those things are that you you most relate to and you f- kind of feel most you know uncomfortable in, in in using to to spur you to get in there you know and if that is one of those types of things then focus on that you know if you do have to put that alarm clock across the room because you know you're gonna have to get up and turn it off um, like like I'm saying like that wouldn't make any difference to me because I have never you know been one to be like cool oh, five more minutes like it doesn't really matter I just I jump out of bed in the morning I always have. Um, but certainly if you're one of those people that do, does tend to be like that and that, you know, you find that does work for you, then use it. You, you know, and this is the whole thing. Use whatever is at your disposal, you know, to, to facilitate whatever it is you're trying to do, you know, yeah. so don't, don't, don't ever not look at all the different alternatives, you know, as they best serve you. Well, I'll tell you, Rob, if I can just bring kind of harken back to what I was saying before and, and what you were just saying about you don't, you never need to stay away from the alarm clock, I would. I'll hit snooze. If I go to bed at like 11 p.m., I will hit snooze, and I'll hit it again. You know what I mean? But I've really noticed last fall, this sounds really crazy, but I started literally laying down around, I don't know, 8, 8.30, you know, relaxing, like getting into a sleep ritual, probably asleep asleep by between 9 and 10. And then it it, it makes getting... And up so much better, you know what I mean. So oh, what yeah, this article yeah, yeah. was saying about getting to bed early, have dinner yeah. early, get to bed early. It's that whole mantra that old school early to bed, early to rise. There's a lot of truth in that. Oh, yeah, and I mean, people have different. Obviously, we've discussed this too. People have different, like you know, um, sleep requirements. Although you know, most hard training people probably are going to you know need minimum seven and a half, eight hours. But the point being is always do it, it, just like if you're preparing for a competition, you know, and you, you get the date and you backtrack from the date, you know, whatever it is, you need 12 weeks, 10, whatever it is, do the same thing with your sleep. You know, the whole idea that if you're, if you know, and, and you shouldn't be thinking about what you have to do that morning. You know, I, 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 if you wake up and you're thinking, okay, I have to train, what am I doing today? You should know, okay, I gotta train tomorrow, what time do I wanna be out the door? I wanna be out the door at 7 a.m. Okay. I have, that means I have to get up at X time. Okay, yeah. I know that I need eight hours sleep. Backtrack from there. Where does that put you? You know, exactly. and like Lonnie says, I think so. That's that's, you know what, Rob? That. Well, no. I'm yes, just saying, that's what I was going to say. Is backtrack eight hours, and you're at nine p.m. If you get up at right, five a.m. Right, and and like you, so you say, went to bed at nine. I mean, that's, just, that's crazy. Yeah, and just like yeah. like we're saying about you know people need different. T- I mean, you know, like Phil says he can he can forty five minutes. He's cool to go. I need a couple hours. What well, again? Everybody's different. That's cool. The point is, is 
like with sleep, you do the same thing. Whatever time, like Lonnie's saying, you know, he finds that if he lays down for one or two hours and kind of starts, you know, turns off the TV, turn, you know, and kind of gets into that mode, makes sleep easier. I mean, don't expect to be going, 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 going. Oh, but I got to get to bed at, you know, I have to be in bed at 1030. Going, 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 going. Oh, it's 1025. I got to get to bed. You're never going to yeah. fall asleep. No. You know, start winding, know when you have to start right. winding it down. So, right. again, you should never, I mean, and if you really are passionate about your training, you should always know, when am I training, what time am I leaving, you know, how much sleep should I have to optimize, and again, everybody once in a while is not going to get the sleep that they want for whatever reason, but you should always be trying to optimize everything, and, and you don't leave it to chance, you know, oh, I, yeah. you know, oh, by the way, I have to set my alarm for four o'clock in the morning. You know, and it's 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 already you know quarter one. I mean, if you, if if you're at that point where you're remembering that at twelve forty five a.m., you know what? Is in my impression, you're not taking your training seriously because you're yeah, not exactly. thinking about the... it. You're not thinking what needs to be done to optimize. You should be thinking of the session two days from from now today. You know, yeah. uh, you know what? What should I be eating? Um, I want to maximize my rest. I you know, don't don't wait to the morning like like Lonnie was saying about the you know the studies talking about runners and so, some of the the things that pertain to them, but easily could pertain to us as well. The whole idea of don't you know like Lonnie was saying even a good thing like he brings his gym bag, you know, to the door. I mean, if 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 you find that that helps you, then do it. You know, don't wait to the morning to think oh. Damn, I forgot, right? I gotta do, I gotta change the oil in the car before I go to work today. So that's gonna, oh shit, now what do I do? Like, don't be one of those kinds of people. Life is as it is and it throws things at you that you can't help and that's gonna happen every once in a while. But I mean, if 90, 95% of the time you're not like, you know, you don't know and you haven't, you know, you're not following a strict regime to get yourself to the gym and optimize what you're doing, you're just not taking it seriously enough. And if you're not exactly. taking it seriously enough, 90, Ninety percent of excuses are they're, they're stoppable. They're 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 curable. Right. Um, right. You know, life. I've got a pretty crazy freaking life with all these jobs and, and stuff I'm juggling, but I can plan it. You know, if I can plan to get to bed at this time and be ready for Saturday, I can do it. You hear the excuses from people. Well, well, I accidentally went out and partied too much last night. No. You know, life getting in the way, like you said, life gets in the way at times. That's not. Oops, I went out and partied and drank too much. That's. You know, uh, the, the kid got sick and we had to take him to the hospital. Right. That's, you know, it's yeah. you know like it's funny you bring that up because I uh, hear that so often, particularly yeah. on the weekend training sessions, right? The guy saying, oh, you know, how's your train going? Oh, really bad, Tim, really weak. Oh, right, what's, what's wrong, you know? And, and yeah, the, I hear so often, oh, I was up last night, I drank too much. And, and I, you know what? At that point, I stopped even caring and listening. I'll probably just walk away from that person. Because, you know, yes, from my true. mindset, I'm thinking, you know what? I, I have all the sympathy in the world for you if you're injured or, you know what I mean? But if you tell me, oh, yeah, just because I stayed up too late and I drank last night, it's like, you know, that, that to me is not an excuse. That just shows that you're not of my kind and I don't want to associate with you. It's almost like that, that kind of person is saying, oh, it just happened to me. I couldn't have stopped that. It's like you chose to go Taiwan on. Yeah. I don't understand. Exactly. You, know, exactly. you know, you're not a victim here. You're not. God. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. You know, and that's, I mean, we had we had a holiday party to go to Friday. And, um, you know, we didn't drink. We didn't stay out late. And people were like, what are you doing? Well, we train Saturday. Saturday is the most important day of our training. And they're like, it's Christmas Eve. Well, that doesn't matter. It's still Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yep. it's what we do. You know, and we came Accompan- the- early. We went to sleep. And, you know. A company that I worked for two weeks ago had the Christmas party. And, you know, it was started at 6 o'clock, and I left there at 9. And um, everybody was, I mean, it was almost like people weren't letting me go. How could you leave now? And I, I found out the next the next day that, that people, most people stayed till 3 in the morning and were drunk and stumbling around. You know, and, and but same kind of reason. It's not like because I'm better than these people. It's just because I, I have something else that, that is important to me, and I know when to say, okay, enough's enough. Well, that's you know, what I was saying. It's it's that higher purpose. Training is a higher purpose. You know, I mean, I, I have two higher purposes that I pursue. One is my training toward a goal. You know, I'm not just spinning my wheels. Uh, and the other one would be, I guess, you know, the, my research or studies and things like that. But those are things that are, you know, you make sacrifices for. So, yeah. you know, of, 
I don't know. That's not a, it, it's not a huge problem, and most people aren't going to understand that, but let's face it. The majority of people, if you just think about the way the, uh, bell curve works, are, there's going to be many, many people that are average and very few extremes. And I think, yeah. I think if you want to be one of the extremes, then you have to, like Phil was saying, plan for it. And not yeah. act like you're victimized because you decided to go, you know, go out with your girlfriend and stay out late or uh, go to a uh, party or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not saying don't go out and party. No, right, don't right. Do it, don't do it Friday night before your Saturday training session. Yeah. Do it Saturday night after your Saturday training session. Right. <laughs> you know, right. plan for that, too. Yeah, that's right. You know. Um, it's not that hard. It's not that complicated. You know, and you know and what? And it's, it, this is not just that we're some middle-aged guys saying this. And I did that as a, a undergrad and a grad student. You know, I would go squat, then I would go out. You know, exactly. And and I actually had a good time. That that formula worked pretty well for me. So, yeah. were you doing that just to pump up your guns? Uh, no, I wasn't doing curls for the girls. No. <laughs> girls, you know, I've actually heard stories about guys actually having dumbbells in the trunk of their car, so just before they go into the club, they can. Oh my god! Wow. No, yeah, I would you... I would actually squat, so nobody nobody was nobody wants to see my legs were at one point they were much too big, you know. And I remember I remember once I was hiking, and I, I might have said this on the podcast before, but this guy and his girlfriend, you know, were were at, near the top of the summit. My legs had a big pump, and she's she's like. Oh my God! I'm honey. I'm glad your legs don't look like that. And I just kind of yeah. grinned at the dude with a superior look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got yeah. like some toothpicks. Right. She's yeah. she's making him feel better. Nice consolation prize there, buddy. But <laughs> but the point being, yeah, I used to like to squat before I went, and I used to actually sort of say, you know, my best, the most fun uh, I ever had was when I would squat before I would go out, because I guess I just kind of got my metabolism going or something. I don't know, but it works. It, you know, yeah, you just put it first. You know, if you train, if you're, for our listeners out there, if you haven't been training very long, um, if you continue to train, you know, for, you know, several years, decades even, you will naturally find um, those times in the day that you prefer. Um, you know, so so don't think if you've been training for a year or two, you know, uh, that you know when the best time for you to train is. Because you don't. I'm sorry. I don't care. You need to train for, you know, at least several years before you start seeing patterns and all the different variables towards, you know, being advantageous towards you doing your best. And like, like we're all saying, like, I mean, you know, Phil, some people do, do love training at two or three in the afternoon. I hate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's not better or worse. That's just, you know, what I have found over all the years to be true for me. And it it has nothing to do with what you think. I mean, everybody goes through life talking, you know, I mean, everybody is a night owl. You know, everybody says that. And it's like, it's like, but most of the people who say that aren't athletes, so they have no idea to how to correspond that with any sort of like physical performance to, you know, beyond just going to the gym and as long as yeah. you're walking on a treadmill. I mean, if you're, a, you know, a performance athlete, competitive or not, um, you know, and certainly the majority of our listeners are part of not competitive, and that's completely fine. But if you if you're a performance based athlete and you take it seriously, then you know you're going you're going to have to figure out. Um, and you might think you're a night owl. Now, you might be listening right now and be 19 years old and think, well, I'm a night owl. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I hate to tell you, but you might find out in the next four or five years that you actually prefer training at 6 in the morning. Yep. You know, and, and, and don't don't fight it is what I'm trying to say. Yep. Um, you know, and and if it so happens that you can train, you know, when it's best for you, then do it. And if you can't, well, that's, them's the break sometimes. We often make concessions once in a while, but. I think it's true. If you're, if you're training in the evening and your workouts suck, you know, and you're like, I'm, I'm on a plateau or something like that. This is just one of those awareness issues where you're like, maybe I should give myself, according to this, you know, psychologist here in this article, give myself three weeks or a month and try morning. Now, I know some people work early, you know, and if, if your workday starts before nine, Ooh, you're getting up awfully early, and then you're going to bed the day before accordingly. But at least give it a try for a month, because like you're saying, yeah. Rob, it could make all the difference in the world. Now all of a sudden your plateau is busted, you know, and uh, you found your niche. So you know, it, me and my you know first training partner that I ever had, Jerry, um, him and I used to go. We used to actually call morning sessions before high school because we did this during high school, maybe once or twice a month. We used to call them rooster calls. Yeah. And we used to make it, yeah, I mean, we, we'd make it an event, like Phil's saying, you know, he makes Saturday an event. 
Um, you know, we used to make these, you know, uh, you know, like I said, once, once, twice, three times every month during high school, whatever grade it was, we used to call them rooster calls. And we would just, one of us would blurt out, hey, let's do a rooster call this week. And what that meant is we'd get up something stupid in the morning and we'd actually drive to the Gold's Gym um, that was, you know, 20 minutes away, work out, and then go to high, you know, then go and go to high school. That's funny, Rob. You know what? Because we used to call late training, like when I would work at the gym, we would, you know, li- literally lift at like 10 p.m. And believe it or not, yeah. some of my best squat sessions, I think, as I look back, have been quite late. We used to call them stealth missions. Uh, from that, <laughs> stealth missions. Yeah, because of like the, I think it, they mentioned that in the movie Point Break, something about you know with the surfers and everything. They talk about stealth missions. So it's funny that we had similar, uh, you know. Goofy names for uh, times of the day. Yeah, but the, but these are and like like you know like you were saying about you know come up with a mantra and stuff like that. These are these all kind of feed into that whole idea. Make your training fun. You know, if you got to tag it like a rooster call or a stealth mission, I mean, let's be realistic. You know, we're all just kind of goofy guys. We like superheroes. We like all, all like this kind of stuff. Tag it something fun like that. You know, I mean, make it fun. You know, create an aura to the session, whether it be ridiculously early. Like I say, sometimes life gets in the way and you're like, you know what? I have to train tomorrow at six in the morning and I'm not going to be able to go to bed till midnight tonight. You know what? Who gives a rat's ass? The alarm goes off. Get up. Like I said, pull it together for a couple hours and go kick ass. You got the rest of the day to be tired. And, And like if you're tired during the day and you have to train that night, because you like to train at night or you don't like to train at night, but that's the only time you can train. Same thing. Say, you know what? It's okay for if, you know, for, for to be tired all day, but you know, 7.30 PM rolls around, you know, and I'm, I'm going to ramp it up. It's a state of mind often. And yeah, you'll be tired in the long run. You'll m- want to make sure that you do get, eventually get your rest. But you know, in the here and now for the next 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, unless this is a chronic condition where you're never sleepy enough. I mean, you know, so you're tired. You're kind of superficially tired. Who gives a rat's ass? You know, well, you know what? And I know I know we've all said this before, but I think if you find – you get yourself in the gym. You're like, oh, I'm tired. Almost all the time that I feel like I'm too tired to lift, if I just go try it, it works. Yeah. It just oh, works. Yeah. Yeah, and just get in the right mindset and roll with it. Yeah. Three or four – yeah, three or, that first set might feel like total ass. And I know what that feels like. We all do. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I I fully agree with you, Lonnie, here. You get three, four sets into it. Yep. You know what? If you do inherently love weight training, three, four sets in, you're just going to be going rock and rolling just like you know you always yep. do. You know, so yep. so it's uh, it really is for a lot of people. The battle really is get your ass to the gym, load the bar, do a couple of sets. You'll- right. I'm going to offer one last thing. And that's that if people, if you do train in the early afternoon, be careful the slippery slope because there's sometimes where I'll say, I'm going to go lift at two after I teach or something. And then I got, you know, some unforeseen something drops in my lap. And then, you know, I say, okay, I'll lift at four. Okay, I'll lift at six. So I would be careful if you are a midday uh, trainer. Boy, try to carve it in stone and get your butt in there. You know, yeah. if you do have some kind of interruption that wasn't planned, Find a way to dodge it, dodge the bullet, get there on time, because if not, you're going to keep putting it off, putting it off, then you're, before you know it, you're saying, I'm going to lift in the evening, and you know what, you may not at that point. So, right, right. Yeah, be, be real careful with the slippery slope, and that's all I've got. All right, people, well, next, uh, you know, next week, we're going to have, Phil's going to announce the winner to our, the, the new contest for the, the Olympic bar, which is very exciting, so stay yeah. tuned for that, and uh, thanks for listening to Iron Radio once again. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks, guys. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, 
You can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes. Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here, I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however, obviously I had done it for that purpose. I did it because like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what a, perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.